This is Jason Bruno with Pain Assassins, and you're listening to the Detail Solutions Podcast with the one and only Alex Russell. Alrighty, welcome to the Detail Solutions Podcast. My guest this week is Josh Felder. Welcome, Josh. How are you doing? Good, Alex. How are you? Great, man. Hey, so um, obviously I introduced you. Um, but for the people who don't know, let everyone know who you are, where you're from, um, what you do. Right on. Um, I'm Josh Felder. I'm the owner of Detail Addicts. I'm in Stewart, Florida. Uh, we recently were in Northwest Indiana, but have moved back to my hometown of Stewart. So uh, I'm an automotive detailer and a recent product manufacturer or attempted one. <laughs> it's a good product, though. <laughs> That's for sure. Thank you. Um, so explain to everybody or, or let everybody know the hows, the where, the when you got into detailing. Get, let's uh, just get your backstory, your origin story, as they say. Ooh, the beginnings. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my background's actually a little bit of in, out, in, out, in, out. Um, I started out getting into detailing from when I was in the Marine Corps. I came back from deployment. Uh, my Mazda 6 got crushed in storage, and I had to get a new car. I ended up buying my first Mustang, which was a blue GT from 2006. And it looked good, but like it didn't look like the $15,000 car I had just bought, how I imagined. And I was like, right. how do I fix this? So I started reading and learning and reading and asking a bunch of questions. And I literally went to AutoZone and bought one of everything and went and used it on my car. And I was hand polishing, compounding in the sun by hand. Like I did everything the wrong way, the painful way. <laughs> and that's how I kind of learned. Um, and then I got out, but detailing was kind of like a good therapeutic thing for me. It let me kind of focus a lot of my attention and a lot of my um, desire to perfect things that I couldn't always perfect. Right. So it gave me this outlet to that. So I got out and I just, you know, started getting into it more i ended up living um at one point man not even a block away from auto geek off jack james drive and i remember just every other saturday i'd you know walk out walk around the corner and i'd go see cars and coffee and stuff and i'd go ask mike like 40 billion questions and he'd always be like you should just come take my class and i'd be like i'm broke but yeah. i can come bug you for 40 questions every other weekend and he'd right, shuffle right. and answer them so that's kind of how I got into it was uh, kind of backdoorish from like the amateur enthusiast side. I didn't come from like body shop or painter's world or anything like that. I, I learned from trial and error, a lot of nice. reading and believe it or not, as much as everybody craps on YouTube, um, you can learn a lot from YouTube. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Listen, I mean, as much as he's hated, Greg Masterson has taught me a lot in the beginning of yep. how to at least, you know, get an idea of, of what I was doing. Um, yeah. Because for me, when I was learning it at the car wash, everybody was still using rotaries. Nobody was doing this. And, and I didn't know a lot of detailers who were doing paint correction this way. Um, and at the time, Masterson and chemical guys was the only people putting they were videos jamming. out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when did you start Detail Addicts and actually become like a legit business then? So Detail Addicts um, formed when I was working for AutoZone Corporate. Um, I had been part-time detailing. I owned a business called Supreme Clean at one point where I had left AutoZone and failed. That was a mobile business and I got my butt kicked in Florida. Right. I didn't even know what an APC was or what it stood for. That's how, right. how far off I was. Nice. But Detail Addicts, um, I was doing a flood recovery in Houston from when the hurricane hit a couple of years ago. And I remember I was in AutoZone. I was supposed to be one of their top supervisors and I'm in here doing this, you know, relief damage and there's no ac i'm sweating my balls off pardon the french um i'm i'm ripping drywall and so i'm salvaging this i'm gutting that and i remember standing there thinking i have to do the payroll i have to manage all of the employees i have to do all the reports i have to order parts i have to get it done i don't get paid i didn't even get paid 50 grand a year and i'm one of the top guys and i was like i don't get paid enough to do this better part yet every customer that walks in and it's like, hey, 
I want to learn how to detail my car a little bit better. They always get sent to me, no matter where store I or what state I'm in. And I was like, you know what? This is it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is right. where my heart's at. And I literally walked outside on break and I looked up how to form an LLC in the state of Indiana and, you know, started buying insurance and everything. And they're like, what are you going to call it? And I'm like, and I remember it popped in my head. My roommate, you know, man, it as a joke. He's like, dude, you're into detailing so much. You're addicted to the stuff. And I was like, right. I'm a detail addict. Okay. And it just clicked. And I just blurted that out over the phone. And she's like, all right, fill these forms out, submit your payment. And uh, in less than an hour, I had a legal form business. I wasn't even nice. in the state. I was in Texas still working <laughs> with AutoZone. So I kind of weaned myself out and uh, started going more into the detailing. And I left and went full time. Um, June of 2019, 18, 18, June of okay. 18. And then nice. 2019 was my first full year, uh, full time. And then 2020 was my first, you know, what I like to call the true year because right. the first years it's, you never know what you're getting into. You're right. like, what's a Wednesday like in my business? Right. You kind of wake up and you're like, eh, I don't have anything to go to work for today. So I'm going to, I don't even know what content I should be creating or trying to make posts. So I'm just going to go play Xbox. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, So let's jump into platinum and and diamond um, for a minute. And um, I mean, we all play around with, with different combinations, you know, putting product on pads and seeing how it goes and everything like that. So how did that come up for you? Um, and, and how did you translate it into like making a product? I mean, I, I give you credit because I mean, I can put a couple of things on a pad and say, well, Hey, this works pretty awesome, but there's no way I'm going to be able to figure out how right. my three dots and my two dots make a full bottle. A, a product. Yeah. So um, I got inspired when I went to the first Southern Detailers Conference and I met Billy Baggis in person. Right. Um, And we chatted for a little minute and I got to ride on the bus with Justin Lobato and Sean Sepulva. And I just remember being around these guys who were doing their thing. And I just remembered I took from it. I was like, there's more than just detailing. What am I passionate about? And I remember Billy telling me, he's like, dude, I found it didn't matter if it was glass cleaner, it's glass cleaner. What am I passionate about? What do I want to go on? And I remember the recent thing that I was super upset about was uh, buying polishes and hating them or just being let down by the hype. But this is the great, like I was told 3D speed was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And to be fair, it is in a very niche market. Yeah. Dealership work, you know, low baller stuff. And it, but it wasn't sold to me that way. It was sold to me that you can do this, wipe it and put a ceramic coating on and your life's good. Right. Exactly. (laughs) The, the, uh, the, the back working and the quadruple work I was doing was really kind of a learn table. So I had really become deep in the polish, really learning about abrasives and different types and stuff. And I remember driving back from SDC saying, I'm going to try this. No, I'm seriously, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try to make something and see if I can make something that even if it's just for me, I like it. And I started playing around with this and that and started really getting into it, but it didn't really click till one night when I was putting, you know, my drops on my pad and I was mixing and I was working on, you know, I think it was a Chevy at the time. And I was trying to one step, you know, get some of the cut out, but I wanted to gloss it at the end, refine it out and walk. And I, I, dabbed it on and I started to do it and I stopped for some reason I looked at my pad and I saw that the blend didn't happen right I had some purple over here and I had some yellow over here and they weren't really blending but in a spot or two right and I thought and I was like huh I well I just started and then it dawned on me that's not mixing that's not mixing like I think it is and there are spots that are getting more abrasive and there are spots that are getting less abrasive Right. So no wonder I'm having spots and hazes and stuff like that. It's not blended right. So I need to start trying it together and then applying it. And that really is what kind of started down the rabbit hole of figuring out blend ratios from, you know, heavy abrasives to mid abrasives and what you can put together gotcha. and what will um, still refine out. Because if you put, you know, an extra ounce of something and people are like, oh, you just fudge an extra ounce, it's no big deal. You've changed the whole chemical makeup of a 16 ounce bottle if you're making it, you know, one ounce is, you know, a little heavy on one thing. 
Right. The 16th of that is completely changed and the ver- and what it's going to do is completely changed. So right. that really sent me into we have I have to get dialed in on this because things weren't working. And I made five what I think were it after get, getting all of that info of these are my things I think they're going to be the next wonder hit and it was number right. 3. Platinum came out to be blend number 3. The other two just they were horrible. The first two were horrible. And that's what started Platinum. That's so what everybody you, got you were, in the little four ounce box. Right. So you weren't necessarily just putting three drops and two drops on a pot. I was in the beginning when I was regular detailing. And then when I realized that wasn't going, right. I then figured sure. out what the ratio of three to two or four to two and what combos I wanted to put of how many different things. Because right. I've so seen were, people put three different drops on a, of three different things on one pad. Right. So you were actually mixing, figuring that combination out and mixing it into a bottle, shaking it up and then putting it on a pad to see how it worked kind yes. of deal. Oh, nice. Yes. See, that's so. way, way smarter than I would have done because I would have just did the three drops and two drops on a pad and been like, eh works but you're not getting that blend you know what i'm yeah, saying no, no. it's not yeah, fully... no, I, I get it i mean that makes that, that definitely makes sense oh that's pretty cool um and then so when you say platinum was like number three so then once you kind of got it then like kind of what was your next step as far as what did i do with it yeah like what to do with it i mean how long did you kind of sit on it before you you started giving us all those little four ounces because I was lucky enough to get one of those little four ounces of version yeah. one in the beginning before you actually like put it in a, in a labeled bottle and everything. Um, so it so took like, about how- a good three months to kick off, to be uh-huh. honest. Um, the first month was me being scared. Right. Um, the internet is hellacious. Detailers are rough on oh, yeah. you know products on the reputation. And I am not the most tactical person or tactile person when it comes to my tongue. And at times I'm prideful. So it was really sketches if I even wanted to make a product for the masses. Right. I was like, okay, what if this was just for me? So I gave it to a buddy of mine, Dan Serwinski, who right. is a detailer and tinter nearby. And I was like, hey, play with this. Tell me what you think. You're like me. And I got a phone call, you know, the next day. And it was like, dude what is this? I, I made this, remember? You need to make this. Right. Okay, funny. And then I, I gave out a few other bottles to a couple of the local paint and body shop guys and stuff. And they were telling me that they absolutely loved it, but they didn't want to switch from what they were using, which a lot of them are wet sanding up to 8,000 grit in that area and then polishing. So I was right. like, I'm not going to interrupt your system. So at that point, I started pondering on it, and I had to get the materials, and that's the hardest thing, and it's not, you know, getting bottles and labels and stickers and stuff, and, you know, designing that stuff is one thing, but getting the actual raw ingredients at a price point that doesn't break me, because right. when you give out 54 to 8 ounce bottles or something, no one's paid me for that. Yeah. You know, I had to get all the bottles, labels, and materials, mix it all together, and I need to get it at a rate when somebody's like, you don't make things. Why should I discount, you know, stuff to you? So I bought it full retail, gotcha. all my ingredients and I did it. And I started making a list and on the third month and it was what, what do we need to get the right reviews and the right reviews give me the right information. You know, I need people who are highly experienced such as yourself, people like Aaron Knox, people who have knowledge on stuff when they can just pick it up, use it a few different, on a few different vehicles and then give me data on it. Right. I don't want to hear if it's good or bad. I want to hear why is it good or bad. It's too smeary and oily. It spreads all over the place, Josh. It's not thick enough. Okay, thickness. It cuts great, but on her- harder paints, it doesn't cut this hard on the Saudi. Okay. Right. Lobato. Hey, I got pigtailing on a Chrysler. What is pigtailing? I have to go look that up and understand <laughs> fully why it's happening and stuff and then try to adjust what needs to be adjusted and what doesn't need to be adjusted. Right. If you get pigtailing on one thing, on one issue from one time, it's not, not a real problem to deal with. It might be right. user install. Yeah. But then I did a Chrysler and I had pigtailing. So there was the, the tweaking gotcha. after the R&D group. And that's when I had what um, was something worth to bring to market at that point. 
So it took almost four months grand total before I had enough data from everybody back that I could make my tweaks and stuff and then try to even just start something. Right, right. And it all, I mean, talking to you now, I mean, I know you say, I, I know for you, it probably seemed like a lifetime, but it seems like it came together like in a pretty timely fashion. Because I mean, when I met you, SEMA this time last year or a week ago, whatever, last year, you had only given maybe a few bottles of it out at that time. I think that you told me, did I break up? So at that point you had only, from what I realized is that um, you, you hadn't given out to, to a, a, a ton of people at that point. SEMA was bigger for me and my product and brand than people understood. That's when the deal went down for me to be able to get the materials at a discounted rate to actually make it viable. Gotcha. I didn't have the answer to the very last day of SEMA at the very last hour from my distributor that I needed it from. They strung me out the whole show and everything. Just They already knew. They were just playing with me. Right. But... I, remember, I remember when you told me about it. I remember you, you said you were supposed to talk with them. And I don't know if we can mention it. I mean, most people kind of know what it is. I don't care. Um, okay. It's a debate. It's kind of like the hype word that I use when I use the word hybrid. It's, that's, that's another fine. battle. I mean, because one of my questions involves bringing them up. So I just didn't want to bring them up if you didn't want it brought I'm up. I'm cool with it. Go for okay. it. Okay. All right. Well, it's it's down the line anyways. Um, but yeah, but I remember you telling me that you were talking with them there and you weren't sure which way it was going to go. Like they might have told you to cease and desist or they might have said, how can we help? Um, kind of deal. So, um, yeah. and and then again, I mean, I would say by shoot, what was it? First of the year, you were down here for Mecum, like January ish, because it was before yeah. before MTE, and that's when you had full on bottles. I remember you you giving me a bottle when me and Jason were doing um, the the Hellcat. You gave me a bottle yeah. for us to try out because I still only had the small bottle. And I knew that wouldn't get us the whole car. So you gave, you gave me a full bottle to try out, which it ended up working, working great. Um, nice. So why did you sit on Diamond for so long? Because you pretty uh, much had Diamond from the get-go just yeah. about, right? So Yeah, Dim Diamond was, as soon as I had version two or three of Platinum, however you want to call it, when I had it fully dialed in. I had diamonds in version two, not released to anybody, fully right. dialed in a month later. Um, the problems came from multitude of reasons why I ended up sitting on it. One, I am one man trying to do the marketing on a $0 shoestring budget type right. of thing. Um, the materials are vastly expensive. And people don't really trust new products when you start whipping them out that fast. Um, they really want to try and they want to see that you've been at this and that something that you have is a genuine product that's gone through testing. It's got, you know, it's got everything developed on it. It's not just half thrown together. Right. And that was kind of the hindering points between whether we even could come up with the capital to do it. And then would people trust it after just releasing the first thing when they're still in a confusion of why do I need this wonder polish? What do you mean it's filler free, but it doesn't need two steps or you could use it as a two step. It's confusing right. when you're not really into this stuff. So I sat on diamond just trying to let platinum get out there and people understand what my products were about and how they worked and how, everything was good because now I can literally just tell people diamond is just the heavy cut version of platinum. It's still filler free and it still refines itself back. And it just has a hair more dusting than platinum did, which if you've ever used platinum, there is a light bit of dust. It's yeah. minute. Yeah. So it's really hard to tell people that also um, you can use diamond in hardened situations, such as Audi, Chevy's, um, things that have hardeners in the clear coat, that's what diamond was originally designed for, gel coat. Things that people are using platinum for, but it's not quite getting all of that bite, that's right. what diamond was meant for. Gotcha. So can you use them together as a two-step? Yeah. Does it look amazing? Fantastic. But that wasn't the goal of this. I didn't make a dedicated compound and a dedicated polish. I'm trying to give you two different variants you can use to get whatever the job's done in that same efficiency. 
Right, right, exactly. And and I've I've tried the the sample of diamond, um, and it actually, if I'm not mistaken, and you might you might remember better than I. Um, so diamond is the uh, product that I used on that oxidized blue hood from my mother-in-law's car that actually yes. got me to second round of paint correction of the year last year. Yes, was, that was, was, yes, I remember that one. Yeah, that it was, was diamond. One. I did diamond and a Rupes wool pad. And then I think I went over it with platinum and a yellow pad, if I'm not mistaken, just to kind of finish it down a little bit. But it really didn't even need, honestly, the, the diamond was finished down. Like you said, it finished down really nice. I you're just, just doing that extra gloss pop you're trying to chase, which right, right, because I was entering oh. a contest that the, yeah. the the bigger the difference, the better the the better the result. Um, even though that old stinky Bill Martin beat me out. Um, <laughs> to be fair, it was a good it was a good contest. I mean, it was it fair. was it was, it was. But it was. Um, actually, what I was going to say is. Uh, one of the things that I like to tell people that they don't seem to understand is you don't always need to use my diamond and then my platinum. Sometimes right. you can use like Sonax perfect finish or angel waxes, perfect polish on um, a really low, no abrasive and like a, like a black Lake country pad or something with like a jeweling pad. Yeah. And it'll pull that gloss pop you're looking for. And you really don't need to go back at it with more abrasive. If you've got it corrected and there's a slight haze, I mean, minute, you don't need much. You really don't. Yeah, and I and I honestly think the only reason why I did it was just because I wanted to see, because there was a little bit of micro-marring from the wool pad. Um, yeah. So I felt like it needed a little bit more cut than, than something like um, a polish would have really done. Um, yeah. And then, in fact, since we're talking about uh, winning stuff, um, so actually my first paint correction of the month was on that black truck that was platinum and actually a Rupes yellow pad um, to get that for that. Cause that gentleman only had a budget for a one step after he took a rotary to it himself. So I figured he already Ooh. did, he already did all the cut for me. I just, I just had to polish it down. So, um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's been a lot of things that, that platinum has, has really surprised me with over the, the past year that I've been using it. Um, so how did the conversation go with your supplier um, <laughs> to get them to allow you to, to use their product in making your own product. Because I would honestly think like, I mean, if you came to me and you said, hey, Alex, I'm gonna take all your stuff and I'm gonna make my own and I'm gonna profit off of it. I'm, I would be yeah. like, uh, no, you're not. <laughs> like, <laughs> so um, the initial approach wasn't actually that way. Um, I think my initial idea was really childish and dreamy. Um, I actually decided to go to them and was like, you should make this and give me a, like a fraction of a percentage royalty profit for every bottle that sells. And right. I'll go around and promote the heck out of it. And I just got a smile and a no. <laughs> right. I was like, okay. And then I was like, well, can I make it? Cause people still want it. I was starting to have people ask me in other countries for it. And I was like, I can't even imagine this country right now, let alone that country or this country, but uh, right. let me see if I can make it. And there was a, a long delay and they were thinking about it. And you have to remember from their standpoint, there's a myriad of risk. Um, when it does come out, what the ingredients came from, um, some people may care, some people may not. Um, it's not a white label as in like it was done by them given to me and I rebranded it. Right. So they, they have an inherent concern because what they don't fully understand is how it's going to work. If it could damage something, if it's going to possibly degrade their reputation for amazing products that they like. Right. To deliver on. So there was a lot of gamble on their end if they wanted to do that. So we had to do what I like to call the soft, hard release where you know, it went out and it went out quietly initially. And we started getting the initial feedback and stuff. And that's kind of when it was five gallons here, 10 gallons there, really small batches. And, you know, just right. trying to get the, the word going so I could have the evidence to show them and go, this is it, guys. 
this is stuff. This is worth putting our time and energy in. Right. And then I finally got the green light from them and was able to push forward and whatnot. But the only reason I haven't told people who my ingredients come from, because honestly, it really doesn't matter. Um, most, I've heard Rennie, I've heard Billy, I've heard a lot of people talk about this and they, they speak the honest truth. If you knew where your ingredient sources came from for all of your ingredients, for all of your products, you'd find it's like the antifreeze in the car battery world. There's like three to five manufacturers for certain things and they make right. everything. Yeah. Who touches it then and then passes it off, let other people touch it along the line is fine. Um, right. It's just business. That being said, people are snobbish. And my ultimate end all goal is to remain that this is my product from thought to R&D to creation to bottling to labeling. If anybody's got an issue with it or if there's an issue, it should be solely reflected on me and not the supplier and their brand. Right. Um, that being said, if it does amazing, ah, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't have eaten without them. Without their, you know, even to just a willingness to play a ball, we wouldn't right. be here. So yeah. I get it completely. And it's, it's been a fun ride with them. And I wouldn't honestly change how, I how the path has gone. Right. And, and like you said, you know, with the whole chemical thing, it's like I always kind of refer to, to ceramics in the sense that ceramics are kind of like oil, motor oil, right? Like it all comes mm -hmm. from pretty much the same place, right? Comes out of the ground. Yeah. You know, I mean, mobile throws their additive in it. Valvoline throws their additive in it. It's the same thing with, with ceramics. The, the, the ceramics come from three or four ceramic companies in the world that make ceramics for everything not just cars and then these car detailing manufacturers throw in whatever they need to throw in to make it work on automotive paint and that type of mm -hmm. stuff so so no I, I agree with you and and again I mean when I found out when you told me what the product was um I was actually a little excited about it because it is something that I use it's something that I like so I knew that it was good i knew it wasn't just you know you running to AutoZone and grabbing whatever was in the two dollar bin and you know yeah <laughs> no um the, kind the, of the main thing on that is it had to be high quality ingredients right it's like anything in life if you make a good dinner if you use the best ingredients you're going to have some of the best food tasting if you're going to use the best car parts to build a race car you're going to have some of the best results same thing with polish. If you use cheap right. ingredients, they're only going to go so far. And at the end of the day, I honestly invented this polish in all truth. I will always tell people this. To be selfish, to have a product that none of y'all had for pain assassins so I can finally have something to secretly <laughs> win one of these contests because I've never won. <laughs> to try to beat Bill or Aaron or you and just have something that you're like, how did you do that in a one step? call me later or not right but um right. no it, it's if you really you know just knew what everything was i would tell people to look into johnson controls and that's a fun company because they make a lot of stuff for cars right i like advanced no i like o'reilly's you'd be surprised how much johnson controls and Dorman make that both stores carry right so it doesn't matter but the ingredients who makes it what it's made out of that's the important part you don't care exactly. what store it came from as long as it was quality right right quality parts for quality well, what's the line quality parts for, for good american people or something uh, like that ours was get in the zone which yeah, no, i was going for I, the always, tommy, I was going for the tommy boy reference right uh, <laughs> and i could always like quality parts for parts, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so in any of that with them, did any of the, uh, oops, did we glitch? Yeah. Okay, there, there we go. All right, we're back. Um, it, with any of that was like, did you give any of the, of platinum to the people here in in the U S that are, controlling for that company and to, to kind of get them to sign off on it and kind of give you the thumbs up towards the brand. Yeah. Okay. So I sent a bottle when it was unfinished, you know, we didn't have a label. I just had a nice bottle to put it in and a cap. 
right. sent that to the head guy. I sent it to hit uh, his two guys that are in his chain that he really relies on heavily and that he's friends with. And then I sent it to the top of the tiers when they came to America, I physically put a bottle in each of their hands signed. And it was like, whether you use it to enjoy and see what it's like, or you just put it on a shelf, these are yours. Thank you guys. Right. And the, even um, their chemist even gave me some feedback. And that's how we actually ended up at version three was the oh. slight feedback he gave me from that. And um, that told me that they played with it and nice. they like it. So, yeah, so when you, yeah we, I, you definitely so got to give an homage bottle when, to the people when, that help. When are you getting bought out for millions of dollars then? Uh, man, I don't know <laughs> if I ever want to get bought out. I like this. This is fun. <laughs> nice. Even even spending hours blending and reblending and reblending to make sure everything's you know perfect right. in every bottle and bottling it and getting splattered and polished. I don't know. It's kind of fun. It's like something to do on your days off that you enjoy. Right. Well, that's when you need to just tell them to hire you then, and you'll just go work for them. Yeah, as in the chemist department. So, what are your um? So, what are your goals for 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 platinum and diamond? I mean, do you is this just like I'm platinum and diamond, and I'll just kind of be cool, have fun with it, or are there going to be next other steps to it, or other is platinum and diamond going to you know, have a, a, uh, you know, um, support structure. Yeah. I mean, are you going to put some other things to it or, you know, so, um, I, I think I do want to do, I do have uh, aspirations to do more things in the future. Um, I think, you know, instead of just releasing 40 billion things, I really want to let my brand and my products start out with these two things and let them speak for us. Right. A lot of heart and, you know, passion and who I am went into the creation of these things. There are my first two. Let's let them stand for a minute and stand strong. As far as pairing them with things, um, I have thought about uh, trying to do like a pad lineup with uh, some companies or whatever, because it's great to tell people you can use a lot of varying pads and stuff, but right. sometimes it's also good to give people certain pads, you know, is going to get really amazing results every time. Right. So but again, that all kind of falls down to money and timing and not wanting to release, again, so many SKUs off the line. So the goal is, um, believe it or not, the initial goal is brand awareness and getting sales up um, to get into distribution levels with some of the bigger distributors. They require a certain amount of years of the product to be out. They right. require a certain amount of sales dollars per month. They require a certain amount of generic posts from you, the user. Um, what I mean by that is certain companies that sell things don't want to have to make a bunch of posts and videos and talk about products. They right, want the product exactly. to sell itself already. Right. So for me, we have to get these two products to that point, which involves basically brand awareness, marketing, and convincing people to try something that right. they've probably never heard of. So that's the first hurdle. From there, we could then move on to other stuff, but that's the main hurdle we got to accomplish. That's cool. Um, so changing gears just a tad. Um, so you touched on it a little bit in the intro. So recently you moved from somewhere cold, Indiana. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. Um, to Florida, back to, you said back home. Um, so what was the reason for the change? Um, uh, so the change actually was kind of a culmination over a few years building. When I was detailing there, it was a town of less than a thousand. Oh, so wow. yeah, it's really tiny. When people used to tell me that they, they detail in a small town, I, I had a hard time not laughing when I met people face to face, because when they tell me it's only 20,000 people, I'm like, that's 20 times me. Right. I'd kill for that. Um, so you can only do so much work. And especially when you're known as one of the coding guys, you can only code so many vehicles before you burn your market up. Right. From there, um, winter drags on for a good six months where even with the heated garage, it's really bad. Slush, snow, ice. People don't take the nice things out. People don't care about the winter beaters. Right. So when you go down for six months and then Corona kicks in on top of that, it really put us in a financial bind because we just lost our flow of consumers. And I was having people drive over an hour one way just to get the jobs done, which was amazing to have clients want to do that. Right. But at some point you have to realize you're not 
located, you know, good for your consumer anymore. So that was kind of a struggle. And then my roommate decided he wanted to, you know, overtake the garage and have more race car space. And I decided it was time for me to kind of head out. So he kind of gave me a 30 day. I wasn't expecting that in uh, June or May, May of last year and or this year. Sorry. Yeah. May of this year. And uh, I kind of just packed up everything I could as fast as I could and made as quick of a game plan as I could to kind of get down to an area where I thought would be detail, you know, detail friendly. Right. So back home seemed to actually be it. Sunny Stewart, Florida. Yeah, well, there's too many of us down here, so go back. No, I'm <laughs> from here. You can't tell just... somebody who was born here to go back. <laughs> yes, I can. You left for long enough. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're, you're like three hours away from me, so it doesn't really matter anyways. The house of mouse has disowned you. Be gone. Yeah, exactly. Um, so... This question I take from from Austin Scarborough because I, I thought he asked a really good one when he actually interviewed me a couple of weeks ago. Um, but just like I did with Cody last week, I'm, I've decided to change it from here on forward. Um, so if you could go back and give yourself advice when you were first starting your business, what would it be? So the the what I know now, I wish I would have known then kind of scenario. Yeah. Um... Don't don't start in Indiana with a thousand population town. <laughs> that that would be very solid advice. But honestly, I I was able to do that for almost four years, part time, full time, on off. So right. I wouldn't say that that's it. In fact, that's actually a fuel to my fire. When people say I can't do it, you can do it in a lot leaner conditions. Right. My personal advice to me um, would be patient no matter how amazing you are, what amazing freebies you give to the community to generate word and do all of this, there is no formula to shave off years, off decades worth of time to make have 10 years worth of experiences happen in two to four. It doesn't right. work that way. Right. You might get 10 years worth of experiences down in seven to eight, and that's amazing, but you still, it's still seven to eight years. At, at the best if you're going to do something it's going to take time and you just need to remember that and it's that means slow days that means bad days that means good days and that means days that you wish you never got into it but you got to be patient and keep pushing exactly um do you have a buffer put down date or are you just going to ride this until you can't go anymore a buffer put down day i don't understand yeah so do, do you have like like, oh, the day I like, stop polishing. Right. Like I'm going to do this until I'm 50 and then at 50, I'm, I'm done because whatever, or, or like I said, are you just going to ride this until the buffer puts you no, down? <laughs> no, I, um, I'd probably ride it out to life. Um, even if I got my products and it literally took all of my time and I literally could only pick up a buffer two times a year, I'd still pick that buffer up. Right. Um, detailing is kind of my zen place it was when i got back from iraq something that really kind of gave like the phrase there's something about motors that just calms me down there's something about perfecting paint that just puts a smile on my face and clears my mind so oh yeah no matter what i'll always find it and uh i'll never stop that's awesome um so who are some detailers that you look up to or that have mentored you so the list is actually going to be long, but I'm going to give you a short, previous one. Um, Jason Robert Otterness and Greg, I, I'm not even going to try. I always mess up his name from Chicago Auto Pros. Uh -huh. They gave me my big shout outs and started giving me ceramic coating jobs in the two to $4,000 range before I even could get a credit. They really nice. tried me and gave me trust. Um, Tommy Ramos Davis and Vincent Gentile. Both of them were really cool. Whenever I wanted to ask a question, they never made me feel horrible for asking the question. And at the same point, whenever I kept annoying them for questions because I'm just addicted to learning things in this industry, right. they would get me that info. And the last three are probably the biggest three without um, people realizing it. And it's gonna be um, Billy Bogus, who inspired me to do my own products. It's going to be 
um, oh, don't screw up his name, Rick Vanderlee. I always say that his name's wrong. Um, <laughs> from Angel Wax, who actually, you know, took the time out of his day to trust in me to do stuff. Right. And the last one's going to actually be Donald Ludwig, who's a detailer who does the Meekum and the Barrett Jackson team. And he's the one that actually told me in the very beginning, don't sell other people's products, sell your own product that you believe in. All right. That's awesome. That's awesome. So th- those are my list of all stars that I-, I would always give a shout out to, and they mean the world to me. Nice. Um, so this is a new question. You're getting it for the first time. <clears throat> so we'll see how it flies. Who is someone you'd love to sit down with for an hour and pick their brain? Doesn't have to be detailing. Alive or dead, we'll play it that way. You know, kind of the whole uh, like, who would you like? You to made have that too with? easy. Now, nah, see, because you know, yeah, you made that like, too who easy. Would you like to have dinner dead. with kind of kind of question. Ken Miles. Ken Miles. Ken Miles. The only the only person that I would ever always want to sit down with at any point in my time in my life, I'd give up the rest of my life for that hour. 10 miles, the racing driver. I, that man created more historical cars that I fallen in love with that I admire. And that man always pushed the limits of racing when nobody would. So 10 miles. That's a good choice, man. That's kind of, that's a good choice. Not, I mean, like, not to say that it's, it's not Gandhi. I mean, I didn't choose like, you know, the the public winning award. Right. But see, that's, but that's somebody I could get in line with, right? Like that's somebody that, that you would make me think like, damn, that's a good choice. But I don't know that it would be off the top of my head, like the one that I would pick. Um, Who would you pick? You know, I don't know, man. I don't, there's so many. You could go Um, philosophical or spiritual, or you could like go with a president and go with like historical. You know, I don't know. So, so sentimental right now in my life. Um, I would probably want to sit down with Eddie Van Halen. Okay. I'd like to just sit down and listen. I can get behind that. Talk, talk guitars, talk music. Um, even though it's been forever since I've picked up a guitar and played, like he has still always been an inspiration. Uh, you know, Michael Schumacher. I mean, even though he's kind of still alive, you know, I'd love to talk <laughs> His to that career is dying. You know, I mean, you know, he's he did a lot for Formula One. Um, there's yeah. a lot, man. It's it's hard, you know. It's uh, so for you to be able to pick one like that quick, like, dude, that's well. You got to remember too. I also got to at one of the Meekums I did. I got to do the uh, yeah. flying Mustang. I got to touch the one that Ken Miles, the only Mustang Ken Miles actually thought was worthwhile. The, ro- the racing prototype that he actually designed or right. helped, helped design. So. Right. I remember, I remember you were telling me about that. You showed me. As a Mustang fan, that's easy. When the yeah. one guy who <laughs> hates the car you love likes one. Right. Um, so what are some of your goals for 2021? And, and this doesn't necessarily have to be totally. Um, business yeah well well i mean it doesn't have to be platinum or diamond detail addicts it could be detail addicts the business or whatever but yeah what are some of your goals for 2021 granted we have a 2021 um if we all survive 20 we still have another (laughs) month and a half to go (laughs) fingers crossed we make it right (laughs) um so I, I'd probably say uh, getting a place again whether I decide to uh, find the place to rent or call buy a home which God, I'm not close to buying a home. That's funny. But uh, a, a home-based business or to get a shop um, to stop being mobile again so that way I can do my codings and I can get back to creating content. That's right. really hard. I miss, I, and that's something I want to get back to. I used to make so many videos from trying to give guys tips and tricks to like advice on, I need to buy an extractor to start a business. I can start your entire business for the cost of a mighty 8070 with that fancy attachment for 1200 right. I get yeah. you everything you need to go. Like I miss doing that. So I want to get back to content creation. Um, I do want to get more into polish and making that, but also I, I'm really passionate about getting the word out there. So I want to find a way to get back on the road to meeting detailers and to going to events and talking to them and getting the product in their hands and getting them to see just what I'm talking about and why sometimes even if I can't put it in words properly, 
why this detailer has lost his mind and decided to dang near put the whole farm on these things and tell you it's worth it guys right seriously and it's not worth it for everybody because i know that there are products and styles and stuff that not everybody jives with but if i can help and find that one detailer who these products could benefit them and make them more efficient and happier that's a big win for me because i help somebody like me so, right, right exactly I, that that's made my goals is simple as that that's awesome um all right, so something I started with Austin, I carried it on to Cody last week and I'm gonna carry it on with you. Um, I've got these like seven questions, they're this or that. The The object is, hopefully you haven't listened to those episodes yet, um, to know the questions. Um, so the, the, the objective is to, to not think about it and just quick okay. react, all right? all right? So interior, exteriors. Exterior. Roof has or flex? Oh. Roof has. Windows or washing and folding towels? Washing and folding towels any day of the week. Damn, man. I'm the only one so far that's picked windows. Danny Sir- Dan Serwinski will do windows, the tint boy. He well, loves yeah, glass. He's, he's a tinter. He's used to doing that. Yeah. Um, sun shots or lighted shop shots? Lighted shop shots. Really? Why? There, for, from a photography standpoint, there's less going on in your foreground background. So you can actually see the panel and I can see with less of the leg and this and that. It also is less light intensity. Sometimes when you're looking at the thing and it's lit up, if it's not a super shiny metallic paint job, it hazes back out with all the light over flash and it just, you lose what I'm not seeing what you're seeing all the time. If I look at certain right. parts, so if right, the lights are a little further back, it, it, pull it all together right well i notice and i guess when i say lighted shop shots i'm talking like those guys that are like the title yeah you know i mean which yeah. which listen don't don't get me wrong like i'm getting ready to add a whole bunch of lights in my shop because i do think that the leds give it a little bit more of that wop look yeah um versus when you pull it out in the sun the sun doesn't kind of give it so much well, that of- has to do with the light spectrum and the cooling right, exactly. temperature of it and stuff. If right, you're having more right. of a cooler white but or I'm, warm, I'm still always a sunshot guy. I, I still think cars look so much better in the. the sun. I remember listening to a a, a video. I say listen because I put it on and kind of went and did something. But Mike Phillips and somebody were talking about going into people's shops. I think it might have been Bruno Massel, Meisel, the auto geek driver uh-huh. wrench guy. Um. They were talking about going into amateur detailers and pros and having them like, all right, light it up like you're about to get working and having to put sunglasses on immediately and telling right. them they need to delete half these lights. Yeah. And I remember listening that sometimes you can really overdo it with light and it can mess right. with your eyes. So I, it was much as I like to say, you know, lighted sh- uh, shop lights within reason. Um, the right. tunnels are cool, but sometimes there's just oh, too much cool. in the tunnel. Tunnels are cool for pictures. I don't think they're good for, for correction work. I mean, obviously, so Danny Chung told me, gave me the best analogy of, of why you should detail in the dark um, it, it, that I've ever heard. And, and, and I think it's perfect. So, so he, what he told me was like, when you, go to a, when you go to a jewelry store, right? Cause obviously they have all the lights shining on the jewelry. Did I lose you? you bet. Yeah, for a second, okay, I got it. So, so when you, all the lights are shining on the diamonds, right? To make them pretty and shiny. But what are the diamonds sitting on? They're sitting on dark cloth, dark blue, black, because you want your eye to focus on the diamond. If they were sitting on white, you would lose the diamond and all that shine. And so that's what he was explaining to me when you detail. And that's why people, you know, typically painting their shop walls dark grays or blacks because you want you don't want that reflection off of your white walls you know you want to have a lot of your shop lights turned off so you're just using that one you know whether it's your scan grip or your harbor freight or your husky whatever you know your your point your phone who cares right exactly um so no that's a good point is painting the walls i used i have people go see my shop 
90% of all the walls were as dark black as you can get. And I only right. had teal and a body line that was above where the glass met the door panel on most lifted trucks. So that teal right. was above that even. Right. So, so it's it not good, reflecting but you, on your paint. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I did mine dark gray. I really kind of wanted to do it black, but my landlord it's, said. It's sometimes gotta, too dark. Well, yeah, but the landlord said, when you leave, you got to repaint it white. And I said, well, what if I went in with a dark gray? And he goes, yeah, you're good. And so <laughs> we went dark gray. I, I'd do it gray too, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so mobile or shop? Shop. <laughs> and the uh, last and most important question, this one's a toughie one, uh, Team Alex or Team Noxie? Oh, I'm no. So the last one, Team Team Alex or Team Noxie? Did I lose you again? So last one and most important one, Team Alex or Team Noxie? Team Alex, always better than Noxie. <laughs> Suck it, Noxie. I think Knox was messing with the uh, with the internet connection there because he didn't want you to answer that question or something. Uh, uh, man, it, it, we were having such a great run right up until that last question. It's like somebody yeah, knew. I, I'm telling you, Noxie, Noxie knows. He knows all. He's bugged your phone. He probably has. He probably has. So, all right, Josh, that's that's all I've got, man. We almost did a full hour, which is almost longer than than normal. Um, we probably hit about fifty people minutes make or it so. An hour. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is like some people ask me to do longer, um, but I feel like that forty to fifty minute time frame is enough. It, it There's got to be an organic flow to where you want to keep listening and it doesn't feel like it's right, hard. right. And again, I mean, if I was doing, um, if I was doing a podcast, kind of like um, the Pints and Polish guys when they kind of do their like their after hours kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, I think they call it the, the 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 lounge or whatever, you know. And everybody just loads up in the lounge. And and they, and Marty just pulls people on here and there. Like I was watching them during the during the whole election thing. Um, I mean, and those guys went on to like. I mean, I I checked out early, but but Giancarlo and and Bruno told me they went to like twelve thirty Eastern time. Wow. Um, you know, so I mean, they can go on and on and on. Um, and I know a lot of guys are like, dude, I kind of wish it was a little bit longer because I listen to it while I'm detailing, you know, kind of thing. But, but again, yeah, okay. I get people like Bruno who listens to it in the car. And so he like listens to half of it on the ride to work and then the other half on the ride home. Um, Jackie well, or Bruno could move further away and then his trip could be longer and he could he enjoy could. more of it. He could, he could. Um, even Jackie Orlando, who I had on last season, um, she told me that usually anything over 30 minutes, she doesn't like to listen to, um, uh, because again, she only listens to car rides and she likes to listen to it in the car ride, kind of be done with it, um, and not have to pick it back up later. So, so yeah, that 40 to 50 minutes, I feel is pretty good. We've, we're probably at that 50 minute mark and then I got to throw on the, uh, the intro, the outro and the new, uh theme music we got going on yeah. the theme music this this season is out the more and more i listen to it i love it you know and i'm not just saying that's because my daughter came up with it um it's it's actually i think it's pretty pretty awesome podcasting it's song. the evolution of the podcast it's just it you know every it season it's going to get better and better and so I, every episode. I, hope, I mean every episode i hope gets better and better and, and again obviously I, I mean i'm not doing this for any fame or glory it is for me it's fun it is it is and it, you know the whole thing of it was for me to be able to meet people and get to know them better or meet them for the first time without kind of sliding into a dm and be like hey i want to be your friend you know <clears throat> it's like hey be on my podcast and let's talk and then let's see how it goes from there kind of deal um you know so again it's it, it's more for me to meet people people i look up to people I admire people i think that are doing cool things and then everybody else who jumps in and listens to it gets to meet those people as well. Um, so hopefully everybody's having fun with it. it seems to get and that's to that's a good point too. It lets everybody who doesn't always get a chance to meet and chat with everybody a chance to a glimpse as if you were sitting there listening or talking to somebody right. you wanted to ask. 
where did you come from again, by the way? Right, you right. just got your answer. And, and again, you know, most people are like, oh, well, why don't you have, you know, so-and-so on or this guy or that guy? And I'm like, because that guy, everybody knows about that guy. He's yeah. been on a million different podcasts, you know, or she's been on a million different podcasts. Like what questions am I going to ask? Are going to be any different than, so that's what I like about, you know, the, you know, to use Billy's terms, the people in the trenches, you know, kind of the yeah, faceless, man. the faceless detailers that, you know, and again, it's the people that I see that, that I think are doing a killer job or that I look up to and admire for some reason that aren't celebrity detailers and and not to say that i won't ever have celebrity detailers on because i did i had i had levi and and david patterson on for yep. the training thing which I, which was awesome i've got the one for this season um i really think i'm not gonna spoil it sorry not gonna happen uh, i've got I try, three, guys. i've got three really good guests lined up for this one and i've got a really great topic that i think you know, if the episode goes as good as it's going to go, I think everybody in the whole detailing industry needs to listen to it. If that's the only God. one you ever listen to. Um, if I, I wasn't I, already wanting to listen to that episode at this point with the way you've described it, now I have to like save this on my phone. It's like, you know, drop everything you're doing. This is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, go to iTunes. The, the build. Hit the subscribe button. I mean, come on, man. I mean, how hard is it to subscribe? I'm a Spotify guy, but I've already got oh, you. Well Spotify, well, Spotify. Yeah. You could, you could hit the, you could hit the, uh, the subscribe app on Spotify, um, yep. An Anchor, which is where I do all this, is owned by Spotify. So it it goes to Spotify before it even goes to iTunes. It takes like ten minutes before it loads to iTunes. Whereas oh, it's wow. yeah, where when as soon as I do it on, on Anchor, it goes right to Spotify. So, cool. all right, Josh, I'm gonna cut it off there, man. Um, I appreciate it once again. Uh, last question, uh, the most kind of important one. If people want to get a hold of you to find out more about platinum and diamond where can they go facebook instagram tiktok only fans <laughs> where they find uh, uh facebook uh you can find me in a lot in detailing 411 pain assassins uh drop me a message send me a pm yeah, but how are they gonna find you dude and that's a good point use my cell phone number send me a message and we'll link up it's 219 Okay, I'm okay. about to give you my cell number. Okay, you okay, can just okay, always okay. message me. All right, all right, go 219-296-5039. I said again, 219-296-5039. Send me a message or a phone call. Tell me who you are, and we'll link up on whatever platform from TikTok to Facebook to I don't do OnlyFans, sorry, but whatever you're doing, and we'll figure out and chat. Okay, but on Facebook, how are they finding you? Oh, uh, Joshua Felder. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> you're like, you're like, detail for paid assassins. Like, <laughs> I figured everybody knew who I was at this point in the game. Joshua Felder. Hey, you got to understand, I've gotten, thanks to Esme, I've gotten some people that are listening to us in about 39 other countries. So, you know not, what? I would blank mid conversation on people's names too. So, that's not a bad point, actually. Joshua Felder, that's who I yeah, am. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> All right, man. Again, as always, I, I I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. I hope you did too. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Alex. Have a great night. All right, buddy. You too. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. That was uh, Josh Felder with Detail Addicts. Uh, thanks for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. Um, I think it was pretty good um, hearing about how he was able to blend some products and come up with his own chemical which, like I said, I've used numerous times and absolutely love it. It's a great product. You guys should check it out. Um, next week, um, we'll talk to somebody. haven't decided yet, um, so stay tuned for that. And again, please, uh, anywhere you're listening to us, um, please subscribe, like, um, send us a review. Um, just helps us get um, better recognition. So you guys have a wonderful evening, day, week. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye.